Hey, audience people, before we get into this episode of Fick, I wanted to say we had a little bit of recording difficulty. Normally, we have premiere audio quality because we record at Kansas City's NPR affiliate KCUR. This time we were recording at home and we had a little bit of trouble with equipment. Still a really fun episode that um, I had a really good time listening back to, but a little more echoey and roomy than we would have liked. Um, So if you stick it out, hope you enjoy. Thanks, guys. Bye. Welcome to First Issue Club. On this episode, House of X, number one. Welcome back to the pod, you guys. Super excited to have this episode of House of X, a much-anticipated comic for all of us. It was very long. We read it all. (laughs) Took a break in between. Yeah, we took breaks. We had coffee breaks. Mm -hmm. I I even think Jonathan Hickman knew it was too long because he gave us breaks in between some of the art Mm -hmm. of just like, okay, idiots, let's just have you read some words for a minute. (laughs) Chill out. Give your eyes a break. As a break from reading other words. (laughs) Yeah. Myself, Mike D., Greg, and Caitlin are here to guide you through the muddy and murky waters of this comic book landscape this week. And when we're talking X-Men, we're talking real muddy and real murky. <laughs> this is the, nothing can be truer. So we had to dedicate a whole episode to this book. Well, and as you say, this one was dummy thick, so... It, was it wasn't dummy just because thick. it's X-Men, it's also yeah. a thick boy. This was double-cheeked up <laughs> on a Wednesday, <laughs> just strutting around in yoga pants. Before we get into House of X, I wanted to cover off on one of the most exciting things that happens around San Diego Comic-Con time that isn't the convention itself. It is but the Eisner Awards. Ah, the Oscars for comic books. I'll say before we start, I just read an article that there was some controversy this year surrounding some of the awards, which is just the thing you hate to hear about anything related to comic books and Comic-Con. We see the medium through a lens of inclusivity and progressive change. A new wokeness. And then we heard things that are like the classic um, neckbeard internet troll BS about the show. um, That a lot of nominees' names were uh, mispronounced or stumbled through. Was it hosted by John Travolta? I was going to say, unless it's him, you have no excuse. And he barely has one. Or Steve Harvey. Canano Revivas. (laughs) If you don't know, isn't there a name generator online? Yes. I like Travolta. It's so good. (laughs) Sanadara Baldick. the actual one do you Adina remember Adina Menzel it and he said Adele Dazeem Adele Dazeem <laughs> yeah. Adele Dazeem he, he saw some letters he thought you know I'm gonna spice it up a little I'll tell you that the confidence he had in pronouncing oh, yeah. that was unparalleled he really <laughs> oh, yeah. went for it I'm not so sure that he didn't actually yeah. have just a mini stroke <laughs> because he smiles at the camera as he like yeah. ushers, ushers her forward like he's so proud mm-hmm. Tylenol Zinfandel <laughs> So anyway, he's, he's the undisputed champion <laughs> yes. of award show name mispronunciation. It's just pronouncing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, per- perfect example here. Unbelievable. <laughs> Too much coffee. <laughs> Too much timed. Travolta. So so right. I I believe a lot of the reasoning behind the mispronunciation. <laughs> 
This could be its own episode altogether. Mike mispronouncing mispronunciation. I can't believe it. Would it help if like we had it up on our phones so you can read it? No. So I I think a lot of the reasoning behind the mispronunciation was that we had a lot of diverse creators invited to or nominated for the Eisners this year. Yeah. We, of course, mispronounce these names all the time. <laughs> oh, yes. When we're introducing these books or stumbling through their <laughs> names as they come up. Also, but we aren't hosting the Eisners. We aren't hosting the Eisners <laughs> is, like, such a valid point. Like, this is someone's time mm-hmm. to, like, really be proud of what they've accomplished and what they've done. And maybe I... I'm loading this conversation or what I heard about it a lot more of just like what I perceive to probably be the issue. Really shitty to, in in a realm of inclusivity to do that. I think it was from, because I kind of read the same article you did. It was the flippant disregard of them mispronouncing the last name and then just kind of throwing it, like casting it off. Just like, oh, what a weird last name to say. This person's winning an award. Yeah. Yeah. They put in a lot of time and effort into this. And you can at least learn not everyone's last name, but at least the winners. Right. You're well, giving them ahead of time for fuck's sake. Yeah. It's it's very unprofessional. And you're trying to portray what's good, what's great about your medium and your industry. And that's not a good way to do it. It's not a good look. Yeah. First of all, I like the way you said, I kind of read the same article that you read. And second of all... <laughs> <laughs> kind of meaning I overheard Mike talking oh, I, about it I earlier. Know. I know. <laughs> uh, that's reading in my but mind. But se- secondly... <laughs> I do think that unfortunately this is, and I don't know all of the presenters, so I'm I'm confessing a little ignorance here, but I think that maybe this is still a lot of the powers that be because you were you were reading some of the comments aloud saying that you know this is kind of always the way that this has been and this is why I didn't used to go and and I did take another chance and it was still really bad and problematic, but I think maybe that some of the new stuff, the more progressive stuff that we're seeing is it tends to be more independent or tends to be more as a result of people trying to change the image of yeah. these things, but yet still maybe some of the people pulling the strings or making the calls or in the executive seats are not. I guess they're, they're not really a part of that progressive change, and so those people might have the most to do with these kinds of award shows. It I don't only, know if I'm actually getting to a point, well, but that's, well, I, <laughs> I was trying. I, I was really trying. The point being here that you've got awesome people creating things, but maybe not awesome people who are in charge of things, which almost makes me feel filthy about, <laughs> you know, Giving how, all of our money to yeah, the people that... Yeah, giving all of our money to these people. Like, um, I, you know, you want to support the creators, but if the publisher is like, hey, people are buying stuff with lgbtq characters let's do some of those stories but then not give a shit about that cause or respect the people who are like bringing in the money and bringing in new ideas Mm -hmm. um like it's i think it's most important that it gets done first and foremost before the you You gotta start somewhere behind some of it at the top right because ultimately there's awesome people doing awesome things but and the argument still, will make its, just, its way to the C-suite and yeah. above. Like, it just will take a minute. Um, that's not all we heard negatively about the Eisners, unfortunately. I know there were <laughs> comments that were disparaging to women and how easy navigating Comic-Con must be for, for women. Um, an insinuation that your bodies will get you anything you want at a convention. Which is a 
batshit crazy thing to say, mm-hmm. specifically at the Eisners and about women, yeah. that their aerodynamicness will get them through a crowd or perks. I definitely don't think that's what they were speaking about is aerodynamicness. But I, oh, they again, were, that's they, they again were I, I really just love your viewpoint on this. Um, <laughs> they were. They well, weren't just, being pigs and discussing... Again, it's like now going to a Comic-Con versus even a few years ago seeing the banners about cosplay and consent. Like, yeah. again, the experience being there with the people who are creating stuff and fans of stuff is a little bit... I'm, I mean, it was different for me. I'm hoping it's different for a lot of people than what it seems like it was to experience the Eisners. But it's just baffling me that the Eisners are like this. It really, yeah. It's such a... I'll say that I, I, I'm pretty sure the drinks are a flowing oh, yeah. at these sort of things, too. And loose lips <laughs> sink ships, <laughs> so, to, so to speak. <laughs> but, I mean, that's when, you know, sometimes people are at their most truthful, when they're inebriated. Sometimes your PR people are just as drunk as you, and yeah, there's right. no one to say stop. Was it this podcast started? got an intro to house of x if you want to kick it over to me oh. i kept it short short but encompassing intrigued that's how i describe my penis short but encompassing <laughs> <laughs> intrigued <laughs> find out on our patreon page <laughs> that should be the stinger for this episode. Yeah, totally. Is. See our dicks. C the letter C R letter R. Dicks. That's my that's my banker name. C R dicks. I'm gonna get you a nameplate for Christmas. Yes. I am C R dot. It's perfect. You are. My name is C.R. Dix. Is it D.I.X. or is it? Ooh, good call. Yeah, it has to be. It's got to be D.I.X. D.I.Q.U.E.S. I I love C.R. Dix. I'm going to create such a backstory for this guy. Mr. Dix? Actually, it's Dix. You flatter me. It's actually Dix. (laughs) My father did not fight in the Civil War. For you to mispronounce our name's sake. Now my name is C.R. Dix. And I am and I come from a proud lineage of dicks. Not a very long lineage. Not a you long see. lineage, but it's not it's not the size of your lineage, it's what comes from it that counts. It's what comes from it. Very graphic, Mr. Dix. Thank you, my lady. It was dicks that bore me. (laughs) And it'll be dicks that put me back in the ground. (laughs) It is established knowledge that only a dick can kill a dick. 
So I lie here and waiting for another dick to come upon my porch and rap upon my door. <laughs> to layeth me down. Dick to dick. Ooh, this has been riffs. <laughs> riffs with thick. <laughs> Just riffing with thick. We're all fanning ourselves. You gotta come down from that one. Yeet! Ooh, baby. You stretching? Yeah. All right. First and only up, we've got House of X by Jonathan Hickman. Um, noted before, we were super stoked on this book and had no idea what was going to come from it. Um, we're avid X-Men fans, or a few of us are anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's been quite a departure from what we've seen in the past. But, Caitlin, why don't you walk us through what this book in particular uh, did for us. It has a pretty unique and very bold start, and, and it doesn't really let up. These are This is a weird description, but okay. it is what the book is, so just bear with me. The X-Men are Earth's new gods. This is their debutante ball, if you will. <laughs> this is the new Jerusalem habitat. All of the lands and gateways that make up Krakoa, which is the new X-Men kind of paradise on Earth. And it's having its grand opening in this first issue. There's a lot of additional things happening Mm -hmm. uh, dynamically. And um, many key players are kind of looped in as we go. But that's that's essentially the feel that I got was like... yeah. I'm also a really, uh, I'm a sucker for creative ways to do exposition and narrative. And this book has you introduced to all of this, along with a group of ambassadors from different nations around the world getting a tour. And I thought that was a good way to do that. Quote, unquote, ambassadors, but we'll we'll get into that later. Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, I want to start, I think, with like, (laughs) this book was obviously... Or for me, anyway, one of the most anticipated books of the year. What are our initial impressions of it? Uh, well, just like you said, I have been looking forward to this book for almost a year. It's been uh, a year since we've kind of known, the comic book community, that this was going to happen. I would give it a solid 8 out of 10. And I know we don't like to rate things like that on this show, but it was, uh, it was good. There's still a lot of confusion and mystery, and I felt like the the introduction to this could have been done a, just a, a, a tiny bit better. But that's maybe me nitpicking. Like the onboarding, essentially. Yeah, yeah and maybe explaining where we're at in the X-Men timeline, how we got here. I mean, obviously this is going to be explained in later issues, but I wanted the first issue to not give it all away, but at least give me enough to have sure footing going forward. You would hope that we would get that context at some point. Obviously in this one we've got like several other books that are going to become key to understanding this storyline. There was there was a primer book that we read a couple weeks ago that was promotion for this mm-hmm. and it said if I one of the frequently asked questions in that primer book was if I had to pick one of these books to read, which one should I pick? And they said both (laughs) like you're gonna have to read powers of x and house of x to get it because together they're gonna tell the whole story so this is like classic 90s super confusing x-men where like (laughs) there were four different series going on and the story would go across all these different books Mm -hmm. and if you missed one 
um, you were just boned on like what the hell was going on, especially when you're dealing with high powers and telekinesis and all these interpersonal relationships yeah. and histories between characters. Um, it's like trying to watch a crossover mm-hmm, totally. without watching the other series yeah, in the right order. Yeah, and you're right. like, okay, now there are Nazis. I just have to suspend <laughs> whatever knowledge I thought I had. Totally. So yeah. um, I, I think I would assume that everyone who read this book is kind of in the same place where you're just like, uh, you know, big reveal. Charles Xavier is back and we don't know how he was brought back to life if this is actually him or like a clone of him he's right. got this domed cerebro thing over his head that looks like it's permanent now which is dope yeah it's cool it's looking. a cool look it for is. charles he's a walking microphone yes <laughs> and he is like really feeling himself in this i Ooh, just yeah, he was. i really love the way he's portrayed he's just like jauntily tiptoeing through the tulips like come to me my babies like he even the cover where he's like coming to your house and he's bringing you these flowers that we know just from reading the issue are like the seeds to this new mm-hmm. civilization but just like I brought you flowers I'm amazing it's Welcome like while to he was whole... in this like mutant limbo he was watching just seasons and seasons of America's Next Top Model and Queer Eye <laughs> yeah and he was just like I got it found my swagger I got it so we didn't get to spend much time with him in this comic but what when we what we did get to see was very uncharacteristically Charles Xavier. I yeah, think. he's like turning himself into a mogul. Yeah, um, very brazen. I think in the past it's it's always been like this is our world too, and we're gonna live in it. And just the concept of creating this like separate nation that kind of exists outside of normal Earth access that only mutants can have is you know at the same not time not the sort of solution that you would expect him to be on board for no and at the same time kind of ensuring its continued existence with with the added component of being able to be left alone by mm-hmm. figuring out a way to make them absolutely indispensable to the rest of the earth's inhabitants by creating these drugs that humans are basically going to need to survive to be able to even even coexist because they're going to die off, we find out. Right, yeah. And they, not become dominant any longer. There's a lot of discussion about mutant population overtaking human population inevitably. The drugs they create add like five years to the average human life. Yeah. Which is crazy. I mean, what a flex. Yeah, so it's like... By acknowledging, I think the deal and curing was, all diseases of the mind. Yeah, right. I was like, yes, I, I would like that. Please, <laughs> acknowledge <me>. them. <laughs> yeah. So you had to acknowledge them as a nation. This is like which whoa. Yeah, this is like United Nations, like acknowledging North Korea or something. Like we've got those conversations yeah. all the time. Not mm-hmm. only that, but the like, but the additional thing of like where Magneto essentially says, we're your gods, like, just get used to it, because not only do they want to be a nation, but they want an island that no one else can go to. <laughs> yeah. And they have this system of gateways that they, they one of the ambassadors says, like, basically just makes them be able to move in an unseen way to the rest of the world, which is, like, number one, a huge adva- advantage, but number two, a possible, like, Overtaking threat. ability. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But he, I mean, he kind of acknowledges even that threat and saying, like, I whatever yeah. you're gonna have to deal with it we're Magneto too powerful was so ice cold in this he was just like it's funny you guys think that this is an option for you 
Yeah. He's like, the sooner you accept your fates right now, the easier it is going to be for you in the future. And it's just like, God. Yeah, a little scary. Damn. Right? Like, he is not fucking around. I mean, Magneto's never been one to yeah. tiptoe around any of the issues of how he felt about humankind. But, I mean, Jesus Christ. So, one of the storylines in the Uncanny X-Men, Age of X-Men series, before all of the X-Men are returned to Earth from this, like, limbo they've been in, Magneto stays behind and has a conversation with X-Men and you don't know the details as to what they're deciding or why. And that may have implications in this book. They may have set Hickman up for something there. And it may be completely unrelated. You know what I mean? Like, right, I've, got, right. I've got no clue. And maybe it's like a fun loose end that someone in like 15 years remembers that storyline and plays with that idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but there could be... I'm keeping my eye out on Magneto that there could be something false about this whole situation um, and he's privy to it while everyone else is not. Well, something just seemed so off about this whole book. Well, does Xavier also seem... I know we only see part of his face, but did he look like younger to you guys? A little bit. Yeah, he did. And just kind of a... He's never really been that lackadaisical. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe, Maybe I haven't gotten that side of him before and it has been there in other books but we also get another look at what we assume is going to be the new villain for the x-men or the villainous group Mm -hmm. which is called um fuck orcus orcus is that what it is yeah which what a name (laughs) i mean that sounds like something you would call someone like in junior high that like like your (laughs) bully would call you like get out of the way orcus oh yeah dorcas without the d on the right yeah yeah Uh, um, yeah, so we get a first look at them, which is a, that group is a collection of sword, shield, alpha flight, strike, strike, hammer, hydra, hydra, like holy fuck, like <laughs> yeah, well, if there's up. if there's yeah. anybody that's gonna bring them together, it's a threat that's gonna wipe out humanity, right? And <laughs> the X Men's always been that threat, and I think up and now, well, not up until this book, but this book I think is really gonna explore just the X Men flexing hard. Seems like it, On humanity, right? just like, hey, you want these life-saving drugs? Mm-hmm. Who are we? Who the fuck are we? Say our names. They're making themselves indispensable by creating this pharmaceutical need yeah. that everyone's going to want. Right. All over And the if place. that wasn't enough, you get, like, this cameo of the Fantastic Four and this contested territory theme that is basically the IP of both Reed Richards and Tony Stark that they kept leaving to each other so no one, like who's trying to get it now it can get it but yeah. then since reed went missing and tony was presumed dead it's like now like which i was like i okay i get that this is laying groundwork for something but yeah. i don't have the bandwidth to keep track of what this means <laughs> with the rest of this going on i know that it's there i guess i can file it away for when yeah. it becomes more important uh, there were there were times when i was reading this book <clears throat> where i think i'm thinking about it the same way as you are and i'm like do i need a at home bulletin board or whiteboard <laughs> with string. Yeah. yeah just like, oh, that would be so much fun. Though. It would. Like keeping track of all this stuff <laughs> because we're like all smoking and just yeah, jittery, like uh-huh. just staring at it. There has to be a connection. <laughs> <laughs> because at some points, like one of the good things about this being a weekly sort of series is that there's not going to, 
when there's a month between my serialized comics, I have a hard time remembering where we came from and why I care about this right. and all those small nuance. When it's weekly, it's easier to stay up to date on all of those smaller points because they're referenced more frequently. Maybe they will be, maybe they won't be, but I think it's going to be tough to follow with all the moving pieces. But yeah. I, my hope is that if I invest myself in it a lot, the payoff is going to be huge. Like You mentioned that this first book left... Um, a little to be desired mm-hmm. and sometimes I think that that's a uh, that's a great thing that it shows us that there's the story has legs and they just didn't like blow their wad in the right. first one yeah, yeah totally it almost kind of felt to me um, and maybe this was design wise too it, it was a little bit more like a video game or like a district nine where you have you have all these pieces you have maps you have diagrams you have something that's telling you like we've already figured this out you're just getting introduced to it a little at a time yeah and it was i think that actually serves a standalone not tying in necessarily pretty well mm-hmm. um because it's it's like distraction <laughs> like yeah. there's so much here that i wasn't really able to pay attention to the fact that i don't know how professor x is back and i don't know how we got here but i have to catch up on what this book is trying to say yep. like you don't really i guess i didn't really miss it that much just as a standalone but then when you guys were talking about it, i was like i do want to know how it was mm-hmm. tied together it just when you're reading this it kind of it's enough just yeah. to try to <laughs> process and grasp and that's x-men <laughs> And that's X-Men. That's X-Men. House of X. That's literally what Magneto says at the end, I think. Yeah. Or something like akin to it. That was good. And he dropped a mic. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he was levitating a thousand mics at once and let them all drop to the floor at the same time. My God, Cincinnati's I that's what been you devastated call... by <laughs> dropped mics. That would be the most baller way to flex on. Like if the, Honey, do you hear that feedback? <laughs> Just if a the giant. Were, yeah, at war with somebody. Oh and my then god! Just drops mics on him, <laughs> <laughs> and then he says, "Flex." Um, Diane, do have sex? <laughs> <laughs> what is that from? It's, oh, an R. Kelly song. Sorry. <laughs> oh, canceled. Yeah. We learned anything from the last episode? Canceled. <laughs> All right. Is that it? Anything else on House of X? Whew, it was a ride. It, it really was. I'm excited. I am anxious. Um, Jonathan Hickman has never really faltered with any of his properties before. No, I love almost everything. Fantastic he Four, X-Men, Avengers. Like, he's pretty much knocked it out of the park every time. So I am hopeful that he does the same. He's saying he's staying on for um, multi- multiple years. Yeah. As, as the writer. Oh, so I think he's got a plan for like the next three years. Right, right, he's right, right. He's got a whole phase... For himself to yeah. see through. Phase X is what he's, I'm saying he's going to call it. Phase X. Cool. Yeah. Very <laughs> cool. Very cool, me. Greg. Sometimes I hate how much they put like X in things. Oh, we had a joke before the pod started that we were going to call ourselves experts. Oh, oh yeah. Boy. I forgot about that shit. We was, really blew You know it. what? I think, yeah. I think we're fine. What a well-timed X joke. <laughs> I'll say that we might have even already called the book that's going to come out next week powers of x on this podcast yeah it's pronounced powers of 10 but powers been, of 10 is this house of 10 or house of x this no. is house of x okay yes. house of x powers so of it's 10. their fault because that is unnecessarily confusing completely <laughs> yeah how are you gonna just use regular alphabet and then roman numerals out of nowhere and at Hickman? the back the list says these two series are one like mm-hmm. 
You, but then you have them listed out that, okay, yeah. Everything is not as it seems. <laughs> I, w- so, I just keep picturing all these mics falling to Cincinnati <laughs> when you say things like that. Mics. <laughs> it's raining mics. That's where you, where you guys can do a dance. We need a little video oh, of that at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I want to, we always do what's in a name in our heads. Mm-hmm. Uh, so House of X basically is ba- uh, going to be about the X-Men forming this country. Yep. Did you guys see the name of the sta- the book? What was it? The house that X built. The house that Xavier built. Oh, okay. So that makes sense, the, the naming of House of X. They're trying to build this new um, community, culture, country. Yep. Power of Ten. Any guesses of what that may be about? They At one point, they list out the Omega level. Oh, are there Mutants? ten of them? I was going to see, but it's now I can't find it. Oh, it's a book that follows just the Omega level mutants. Oh, that would be Caitlin. cool. Because they go into like a whole thing of like why they're called Omega level. How like Jean Grey has oh. multiple powers, but you can only be Omega level for the one that's like the upper. Also, Cyclops totally calls out Mr. and Mrs. Fantastic's son for being one of those mutants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's just like, hey, when your son wises up, tell him to come home. And, like, I actually liked this version of Cyclops. He was the right amount of charming and cocky. All right. We'll be back next week. Hopefully, Budget King will be back. Bye, I guess. (laughs) This has been another episode of First Issue Club. We are a proud member of the Fountain City Frequency family of podcasts. Our music is provided by Primary Color Music. We are recorded in KCUR Studios. You can find us, rate us, friend, and follow us on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, email, and your favorite listening platforms at First Issue Club, F-I-R-S-T.